0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: The following is a message from heritagefoodsusa.com. The difference between wild Alaskan salmon and farmed Atlantic salmon is just as great as the differences between commodity pork and heritage breed pork. Huge! HeritageFoodsUSA.com is lining up a major social buy of sustainably harvested salmon in July and offering it at a phenomenal price to consumers. Check out HeritageFoodsUSA.com for more details on how to get in on this opportunity. Experience salmon the way it should be.
2: Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea, streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show, spanning the globe for high-minded kicks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission too bad for radio and too good looking for television. television, television. And now, here they are. America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one. Two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. All right, we're back in Bushwick here at Roberto's and the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live. It's the Mike and Judy Show. I'm Mike Edison, here with my co hostess with The Mostest, Judy McGuire, a woman who is truly too hot for television.
3: It's rough. It's rough being this
2: hot. <laughs> uh, Judy, you just came out of the dentist chair. Um, You've yes. had some serious surgery. You're on Lord knows how many kinds of drugs today.
3: I have been going through dental health for three years now and you can read all about it on my blog but yeah I had a screw put into my face this Ooh. uh this week which was better than the three screws and bone graft I had last time
2: so, Ow, but yeah still- I'm
3: such a trooper I'm here today even though I'm sort of swollen on
2: the inside you you are a credit to your profession and speaking thank you and speaking of, of painful dental surgery, our guest today, um, we're gonna to talk about her childhood obsession with Nazis. How's that for a segue? <laughs> um, another woman who is way too hot for television. Why which, are is,
4: you afraid? Which,
2: which is why she's here doing <laughs> internet radio. Know. Why she's here doing internet radio with us. It's our good friend Rachel Shugart. She is the author of the best-selling Everything's Going to Be Great, an underfunded and overexposed European Grand Tour, as well as Have You No Shame and Other Regrettable Stories, both fantastic books. She is a contributor to such high-minded venues as uh, Sweeney, Slate, Gawker, and the Daily Beast. She's been featured on National Public Radio too many times to count. Her plays include Bloody Johnny Applefucker... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's
5: like a hybrid.
2: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Everything's coming up. Moses, uh, The Sporting Life, and The Nosemaker's Apprentice. Um, she's currently developing TV series with flower films and weed road pictures, as well as developing a series of young adult books. She's the busiest person I know. She has a bipolar cat named Angelica Houston, who we'll talk about as well. <laughs> Welcome, Rachel. We're glad to see you again. Yay.
3: Thank you. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> thanks for coming, Rachel. I love your books. Oh, thanks,
2: Judy. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> It's real love fest here on the Mike and Judy Show. shit
5: eating exchange. <laughs> you you're so awesome. Oh my god, no, you're more awesome. Your
2: <laughs> okay,
5: Mike feels latched out. Here we are, He's
3: overpowered by
5: estrogen. It's,
2: it's okay. I'm just looking forward to the part where we get to talk about like uncircumcised men and to, to really feel that, such
3: as Russell Crowe. Uh, do, do you he talked about it on well, Twitter. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he
2: yeah. yeah.
3: did. He oh. didn't send you a picture, did he? <laughs> if only he'd be forced to resign. Well, the shelf,
2: humanity. Life, of, <laughs> the, the shelf life of A. Wiener is uh, expiring very quickly, but my, it's a good leap. <laughs> right well, you we can, we can guess that uh, A. Wiener
3: is circumcised. A, oh, well, yeah. Well, we've yeah. we've, yeah. See, we've That's seen the a proof. A Jew, Jewish
2: man of that generation, uh, it's a pretty safe bet. I mean, honestly, Jewish men um, of my generation, of any generation, basically we live in fear of the uncircumcised hillbilly pecker. Only second to the European Uncircumcised, Pecker, which is even scarier to
5: us. I was pretty freaked out when I saw the first one. The first one I ever saw was in Europe. And it looked totally different (laughs) to the way that I expected it to. I thought it would be sort of like a flap of skin that just would swing like a a banner.
3: Like an elephant trunk. Yeah,
5: exactly. Or like one of those things that um, are like on the sleeves of like Ice Dancers costumes. Oh, yes. You know, like those like fabric... fabric flames or whatever like but it sleep. was more like it wasn't like that at all it was and once they get
3: hard it's just a little extra
5: oh something my to love
2: god Jack do you know have sound effect of like a Jewish boy wilting <laughs> 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 you know I, I don't have a lot of experience with penises <laughs> It's a rooster. Because you know, <laughs> you know, it's a cop. Said, it's it's the best I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> um, yeah, your book, your second book, uh, gets pretty racy in, in, in parts.
5: Well, kind of. I think that there are only a very few actually
3: completed sex acts in my book. It's it's. <laughs> I believe you do have sex with a suspected Nazi in that book, though, don't you? Well,
5: he was not so much a suspected Nazi as his father, who I um... highly suspected as. He was too young to be a Nazi. You know, he was. I mean, he was like a lot older than me, but like he wasn't quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of sad. Yeah. But I was pretty, he told me how his father was, like, a policeman. Uh-huh. And then he also said how his father was, like, in his 80s, because he was, like, uh-huh. the youngest of, like, several children. And so then I started to, like, just sort of add things up. And I'm like, well, so was your father the kind of people, like, the kind of policeman who, like, gave people speeding tickets? <laughs> or, like yeah. the kind of policeman who, like, you know, Actually, went up in attics? <laughs> <laughs> And locate oh. its undesirables, and then I. But I. Did, but and then I wondered, like, how much did they share duties? Like, if you, you know, at that period. And I think a lot of people. Like you were, were you the same cop that got a kitten mm. out of a tree as a Jew out
2: <laughs> of an attic? Well, Rachel, your first book is about growing up Jewish in, in uh, Nebraska.
5: Yes. And
2: um, this is where your Nazi fascination began.
3: Yeah, although I don't think it had that much to do with Nebraska. No. It was just all the books that they had you read. Yeah. Reading. Yeah. I mean, I was afraid, when I was growing up, I was afraid of the Manson family, vampires, and the devil. Yeah. I thought, like, I would be, like, exorcist or something, and the devil would come get me. Or the Manson family would creep in my window in Rochester, New York. Yeah,
5: it's similar. I think it comes from a similar place. But when you're a Jewish kid, like, it's so much more focused. Because no one will tell you that, like... I mean, they were sort of constantly hammering their heads, like, well, if you had been a child, then they would have come and killed you. Like, And these are, like, authority figures. No one is there, like, reassuring you that, like... (laughs) You know, Nazis were not something to fear, that they right. did not in fact exist.
3: <laughs> they aren't going to come to Omaha and right, exactly. so hunt a little 10 year old. Right, exactly. So it's very down. easy for your
5: imagination. You know, they're sort of constantly giving these books because there's this terror that we wouldn't take it seriously enough or something, or that, you know, we would forget that it had happened. Right,
2: meanwhile, you're losing sleep.
3: Right,
4: exactly. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> So how do you how do your parents uh, react when you, you write this sort of stuff? You're, I mean, it's a pretty wide ranging. Oh, I don't care. You know, it's, it's a it's, it's a nice <laughs> that's,
4: that's
2: wonderful. That's a hodgepodge <laughs> of parents' nightmares. My daughter's obsessed with Nazis, and now she's having sex with uncircumcised men.
5: They've been. Pre- I mean, I guess. Did, did I, your mom read it? Did your parents? Oh read yeah, them? they read them. They read them. Um... My mom, I think, mostly just sort of skims for the parts that she's in and then <laughs> right. decides how they affect her. And then when she feels safe, then she like reads the whole thing through. My dad is a lot more able to sort of compartmentalize. My dad, I have to say, is pretty... Awesome. I've always been glad that I had such a, like, weirdo for a father who doesn't really identify with that, like, have my daughter home by 10 kind of dad. Like, he just totally wasn't that dad. Like, he was so oblivious to any of this sort of thing. And because of that, I think it's really actually not so difficult for him to read about it, because it just, it does not... Compute with him.
3: Right, it's not his daughter's vagina on the page. I don't
5: think he has really ever given my vagina any thought, which I really believe is as it should be. Yes, definitely. Yeah, you know, I get so creeped out when you read about those, like, excuse me, Goya fathers (laughs) 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 who are, like, like parading their daughters around, having them, like, pledge their virginity to their safekeeping. It's so creepy. Your dad should not have anything
2: to do with any of that. What well, your maiden Once head. upon a time, exactly. Judy McGraw. belongs to me. <laughs> Till I choose a man for you to pass it on to. <laughs> once upon a time, Judy, you were a nice Catholic girl. I w- and I then, was
3: never a nice Catholic girl. I had to go to Catholic school.
2: To have it kicked, to have the nice kicked out of you? And then you wrote a book called How Not to Date, um, Ditto, which uh, something you didn't really want to put in your father's paws.
3: Well, I told my dad, my dad, I've been writing sort of a, like a racy ish column for the Seattle Weekly for like 11 years, and my dad was going to Seattle and he said, Oh you know I wanna I wanna read your column and I said, Do you really want to read about my sex life, Dad? And my dad being like a good uptight Irish guy was like, No. And I said, well, <laughs> don't I will give you stuff of mine to read that, that is okay to read, but I don't want you to accidentally stumble across the story of the guy crapping himself in my bed. Ew. He doesn't need <laughs> to know that.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I, I wrote a book that's got more drugs than sex, in and I suppose that's a fair amount A real
3: parent sex?
2: Oh, absolutely. And my mother just said, "Well, this upset me, Michael? And I said, yes. What's it about? Well, it's about me doing questionable things with questionable people in questionable places. And her first question, of course, is, Well, who's going to read about you? Um, she stayed away from it she stayed away from it until um, she found a copy in my brother's house um, oh, it's like finding
5: porn on well, his bed my, my did brother he, was a great she nailed
2: it to his door <laughs> my brother was a great supporter he bought a dozen copies and gave them to his friend and say see this is why I'm so fucked up <laughs> and apparently she turned to like the very page where It was my 30th birthday, and I was writing Feliz Cumpleaños on a giant mirror in cocaine. (laughs) And uh, apparently, she was apoplectic, and they had to call an ambulance. Later, my brother says, but look, he put you in the thank yous. And the thank yous were, it took me a long time to figure out how to thank my parents, how to be a mensch about this. And it said, you know, I want to thank my mom, who I know loves me enough to uh, root for me no matter what, but also knows me well enough to stay the hell away from this book. And my brother says, look, how how nice he was, how gracious he was. And of course, the next line is, I'm thanking my dad, and her only comment was, Thank his father. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thanks, Mom.
5: I feel feel like this is such a particular question of, you know, sort of... I feel like no one ever used to ask authors, like, what their parents thought. But this, you know, this sort of generation is, like, we're so... Everything's so accessible, too. Yeah, but it's also, like, you were supposed to still be so, like... Intertwined with our families. I mean, I feel like I'm a separate entity from my parents at this point. Yeah, and like, I, I doubt anyone asked Erica Jong what. Yeah, what like her father thought? You know, what did he think about the Zipless fuck?
3: <laughs> hey, don't we have some uh, Mad Libs? Yes, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, today's yeah.
2: Mad Libs Day. Um, you know, Leonard Stern, the creator of Mad Libs, just thought uh, this week, um, and I was really happy to find out about Mr. Stern. He um, actually developed Mad Libs while writing a Honeymooners episode. But
5: he was circumcised. Okay,
2: Leonard Stern. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, as all writers for the Phil Silver Show were, which he was also. Um,
5: if they weren't, then they had to be as soon as their contracts um, were signed.
2: And he said, I guess it's, this is it, I need an adjective. And his partner said, circumcised. And thus, Mad Libs were born. But um, I love I love Mad Libs. You know, I went through, I think, three different levels of playing Mad Libs when I was a kid. The first was straight on, you know, our kids and let's play mm-hmm. it and give me a color blue and give me an adjective. Clumsy, Um, and then it got to be like the naughty, you know, you know, you know, like you know, when we started, like you know, it was like adolescent, yeah, penis, and and well, to be a body part, never going to be leg, (laughs) but but was body part was always butt, butt. and then the third wave was when we were stoned, which when like spleen replaced body part, that's when it gets really
5: conceptual, exactly.
2: (laughs) Give me a body part, spleen, Um, because that's funny to say when you're stoned. All right, so I thought we'd play a little Mad Libs and look at the results. Okay. at the end of it we're done so you guys just chime in uh, give me an adjective um swarthy swarthy that's a good one adjective cool cool
5: I swarthy it was in my head because Africa from Toto is playing in the background
2: <laughs> <night. But laughs> it's, uh, it's a party here like of us how about a celebrity
5: Margaret Thatcher
2: Margaret Thatcher you are fucking weird how about another celebrity <laughs> She popped in my head. John Travolta. John there we go. Travolta. There we go. Circumcised or uncircumcised? Give me an animal. Ocelot. Ocelot. Okay. A verb? Poop. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's finish. we we'll out these mad it can libs. It so
5: It could
3: be an adjective in
5: noun. We'll finish
2: it. these up during the break. Uh, Judy, why don't you uh, tell us who our sponsor is today and bring us into the music.
3: Uh, today's episode is brought to us by Punk Rope punkrope.com come be tortured with me at beastinetics in mccarran park at 8am tuesdays and thursdays punkrope.com and here's the dicks Ooh.
1: Traveling is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune in to The Speakeasy every Wednesday at 3 p.m., where host Damon Bolte will discuss cocktails, spirits, wine, beer, tea, coffee, and all things in the liquid universe, with guests ranging from bartenders and brewers, alchemists and ambassadors, roasters and regulars, and every expert and enthusiast in between. Learn from some of the world's leading experts in mixology, bar history, distillation, and brewing about how we enjoy imbibing today. Again, that's every Wednesday at three PM on the Heritage Radio Network.
3: And we're back with Mike Edison and the beautiful and talented Rachel Shukert.
4: Oh,
1: I am the luckiest man in the world today. That's what I like. <laughs>
3: Good. So um, earlier th- today, we were talking about sexting, and Mike and I are kind of old school in that if we want to say something dirty, we pretty much do it to our be liked space. Yeah. Um, but Rachel, I think you were doing a little sexting with your husband. You were telling
5: us. Yeah, about. Yeah. Well, I, to be clear, I sort of—I feel like I sort of straddled the sexting generations a little bit. Yeah. Where I am not young <laughs> enough to be like, oh yeah, well you sent a picture of your vagina to your 13 year old boyfriend. That's a given. That's a given. <laughs> Poor so parents today. I, I can't even imagine. It <laughs> was the last thing I wanted anyone to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like didn't have sex outside of a completely darkened room until I was like thirty. <laughs> but as I, it should be. Yeah, I know because I'm a lady. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I uh, I did. I my husband and I occasionally send each other photos and. I have to say all of my sex are. I try to keep as unsexy as possible like the rule is that I will not send him anything that I think might actually turn somebody on an, on an any, erection
2: right. <laughs> it can be, be used so, later to tank your my right exactly so out. I
5: did I, one time I did I did send him a picture of my asshole but I don't <laughs> to be clear I don't think that he first of all he didn't know what it was <laughs> and you can you know partly that's maybe a comment on our sex life but <laughs> it was also probably a comment on the a bad flash on my phone. Where I like, literally <laughs> just like stuck it down my underpants, and sort of like spread, and then it's <laughs> and it just I've seen it. It just it just sort of looks like an abstract.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing like I'm seeing <laughs> like know. one of those asterisks in Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, it does, It's not even close to that wrong.
5: clear. It's just <laughs> it's <laughs> it's
2: or maybe something of, taken like by the weird, something sort of from, the, from the Hubble Space Telescope. It looks, perhaps
5: you know what it actually looked like? It kind of looked like when um you know when you would like used to take the film in to get developed, right. and there'd mm. be like some pictures. That came back that like you didn't take right, and it would just be sort of like, like gray, with sort of a line. Through it. Now, how That's
2: about it how like. about Polaroids? Don't you guys miss Polaroids? I, I mean, love to Polaroids. me, that was the, that was the shows. that was the ultimate, you know, instant gratification uh, art medium. Yeah. I know, I know they are bringing it back, but my first thoughts, of course, when you heard they were going to stop making Polaroid, was is the sleaze factor, of course. Yeah. You know, I used to work at the porn magazines, and we would just no. get these Polaroids in and Polaroids. The Polaroids
5: make everybody look like they're ha- they're about to have sex
2: for money. Absolutely. Looks yeah. like, everybody looks like they're having a great Everyone time. Everyone looks
3: like an Eastern European prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and they also have sort of an, er- an edge of, like, crime scene to them, too. Yeah.
2: They, seem, well, they seem illicit. You know, that's the wonderful yeah, thing. You know, have you ever been to, holding like, one uh, in your hand. I mean, they're just
1: greasy and have wonderful. Have you ever
5: been to one of those studios where they have, like, model castings? Because model... That's, like, one of the few places where they still take Polaroids is when models right. come in for casting because mm-hmm. they want to see how they'll look on film immediately and I was at Milk Studios once I was meeting a friend of mine who's like a commercial casting director for lunch and I was waiting in the waiting room and there's just this like wall covered in Polaroids <laughs> of like 16 year old girls sort of like oh. staring vacant and I all I could think of was like this is these are like this is like they've all been murdered like <laughs> I'm staring at like photos like of like the victims of, of a
2: serial killer <laughs> right. you know? well what do you guys think about all this um, texting and uh, messaging people are, are these guys ever going to learn what's it coming from
5: but I think it's really unfair to get you know, sort of held to task like you had an affair when you didn't even get to have sex
3: with anybody. You, you wrote a hilarious story that was on the Faster Times, was it? Oh.
2: <laughs> <And> picked up <laughs> all over the internet. Picked
3: well, up all over where you said you would laugh if you caught your husband sitting like. I would laugh at him. him. I would think it was. Hilarious. Kindly, you're not even I man know, to I just, cheat.
4: I feel
5: like I would pet him on the head and I'd be like, oh, looking for your youth. <laughs> 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 Needing all this reassurance from people that <laughs> you're still attractive.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's quite a ball sack. And, you know, have there. Rachel felt, <laughs> Schuchert,
2: understanding see? men since yeah. 1979.
3: <laughs> 80. <laughs> Ouch. But I also
5: felt like I would sort of. Yeah, it was just sort of, I feel like that's what guys that don't cheat on their wives do. You know, they, like, watch porn on their computers, right. or they, like, flirt with girls online. And I would take it as, like, evidence that he was not, in fact, a <laughs> fucking
3: other
2: lady. I don't even know if anybody remembers who Anthony Weiner is at this point. But uh, and even in my worst, drunkenness, wildest, I'm single. Days would I ever text anybody the things that he was putting over the line. is just filthy. That's See not, that? yeah. I mean, my, my experiences that's not how you get laid. Now of course yeah. I'm not a United States Congressperson, but that is not how you do it.
5: I did like how it was sort of mixed up with politics, though. All of this, like, did you <laughs> did you read his actual Facebook you, message? You're, our lib- you're, you're my I'm liberal mean. hero.
2: I want to suck your cock. That's yeah,
5: <laughs> exactly. She like there's like the end of this like major. He's like, oh, and now I have explosion. I'm like making him talk like Borat. I'm so hard. Yeah, I'm so wet. And then she's like, and he's like, okay, I hit you later. Like really abruptly, like something happened. And like, then she writes, in. oh. Okay, You go save my country from those cock-sucking Republicans.
2: <laughs> now, now I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what else, what else still, still shaves me is the New York Post and, and the Daily News, the New York Post had used the word schlong in like 60 point giant I think so.
5: I think They're so. they They would not have called an Italian politician's penis a schlong. They would have no, called no. it a cannoli. That's
2: right. That's or exactly, a manicotti.
5: That's exactly what I'm saying. Or a zucchini. That's right. The Daily <laughs> News using the word "puts" on the front cover, you know? Well, they're allowed because they're owned by a Jew.
2: <laughs> so how come the New York Times didn't take the bait and put the word schwanz in giant letters on the <laughs> Because they're German Jews. They don't want anyone I, to know. I, I'm moving to fucking Nebraska the day that happens. I'm telling you. I'm out of here. You know, you can't. My problem with the New York Post though, is you can't have it both ways. You have Andrea Peiser and the front part of the paper yeah. screaming that the sky is falling every time you know someone, some somebody shows up with their underwear on MTV.
3: She's hilarious, right? Yes. But in the she back, really of the, in the back of the same, it's like Ed anger. She's the
2: woman who was always wrong. And somehow, in the back of the paper, you have a hooker telling you how to buy a vibrator and how to get your roommates into threesomes and when it's okay to fart in bed. And it's the same paper. It's a very dizzying worldview for me. Yeah, I'm very confused it by, is by all, all this. It's an
3: interesting belt. In she challenge. was, she was. <laughs> She was right a few weeks ago. though. No, not Yeah, possible. she was. I'm serious. She came out in favor of the woman—not in favor of the woman who was raped, but she came out against the cops who raped the drunk. Yeah, that's true. She was
5: that right was about that. Oh, oh she, wait,
2: she's coming out against rape. I
3: know. On the side the
5: I was shocked too. I was think, shocked. I think we're setting the drunk bar for Right, drunk
3: Jezebel. What do you expect? Going out, being a woman.
5: <laughs> you whore.
3: These <laughs> <laughs> fine, young, nice police gentleman. Our New York's finest.
2: Earlier, <laughs> earlier, you were uh, getting a little nostalgic about some of your favorite sex scandals. Oh, uh, yeah. How, how you, which, they um, used to have
3: sex in them. Yeah, like like Larry Craig and his wise stance. He yeah, wasn't sending wiener pictures. No, he was just... No, he was just 50.
2: cruising the b- airport bathrooms. <laughs> he was
3: getting blowies. <laughs> I have to say, I am just like... It, shock and awe and always about what the things that go on in men's bathrooms that don't happen in women's bathrooms. <laughs> like, like I remember from uh, that let time, me, let me, let me the biggest scandal in a that happen, bathroom is like someone takes a really stinky rancid dump. Right. Or That's someone it. doesn't give you a tampon
5: when right.
2: you ask I've old. spent a lot of time doing cocaine in women's bathrooms so I have not seen any sign of any of that. No, nothing, nothing, goes, it, on, nothing goes on in men's mm-hmm. bathrooms that you... Apparently,
5: there's a whole world, there's a whole like, underworld of people,
3: and there's apparently
2: a system of signs and gestures. Yeah, where there,
3: you know there's a existing. Macy's toilet in the Macy's and Harold Square, on a certain floor, a certain men's room, where you go to cruise. Yeah, I and all the steps that goes in, apparently, like in the
5: steam room, in the back, the men's locker room of New York Sports Club, an old boyfriend of mine, yeah. I remember okay. telling me that, and I was like... Gee, no wonder they go to the gym all the time. Yeah.
2: Okay, the steam room of the New York Sports Club. <laughs> okay? Apparently. Yeah, but nothing I, like that I, happened
5: in the I went to the no. same one and nothing happened like that. There's uh, no, no lesbo sex in the no, steam no, room. No, you're just sort of quickly putting on your other <laughs> naked must,
2: I, must be, I must be going to the wrong men's rooms, that's all I can say. Yeah,
5: there's there's occasionally furtive weighing. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: furtive or like weighing. a
3: furtive Oh my god, look at her ass.
5: But. Yeah, but well, there's
3: nothing.
2: I'll tell you what, uh, before it's, we...
5: It's we, not like in the opening scene of Carrie. I've never seen any glory holes. No politician
2: has ever cruised me. You know, no one's ever stuck their hand into the stall trying to cut my balls gently. Well, you're going to the wrong bathroom at When I you have go to side with Mike on this one. <laughs> Jack, Jack, after the show, you and I are going to go out and we're going to experience some of the finer men's rooms in Bushwick and see what, see what's going on. We're missing the whole demimond here. You mean the
5: outside, outside in Bushwick? <laughs>
2: Before we uh, get out of here, you want to read the Mad Libs and see what we came up with? Yes. All right, here.
5: Oh, okay, all right. There you go. Oh. All right, Jack, you got got a little music for us? You got a little music for us? I I am classically trained. (laughs) This is called My Dream Man. (laughs) (laughs) It was contributed by (laughs) Rosalind. Apparently, okay. My Dream Man should, first of all, be very swarthy and cool. (laughs) Yes. He should have a physique like Margaret Thatcher. A profile like John Travolta, and the intelligence of an ocelot. (laughs) He must be polite and must always remember to pop my insect. (laughs) Oh no, poop! You spelled (laughs) you to poop my insect, to tip his car, and to take my butt when crossing the street. (laughs) He should move languidly, have a pink voice, and should always dress ferociously. I would also like him to be a damp dancer. And when we are alone, he should whisper moist nothings into my butt and hold, and hold my flaky pizza. I know a guitar is hard to find. In fact, the only one I can think of is Mike Edison.
2: <laughs> Woo! Alright, well, as soon as I stop swooning. I want you to hold my flaky pizza. Well, I will I will I will, I am You can do that okay. for you? Rachel. I gotta go pop some insects. Once again, this is the Mike and Judy show. I'm Mike Edison with Judy uh, McGuire and our absolutely fantastic guest Rachel Sugar. Thank we'll see you, you soon. Back Thank to Jack you. the Engineer, the Heritage Radio Network, and Roberto's Pizza. See you soon.
4: This is behind the scenes food news with Katie Kiefer. The USDA has introduced the My Plate icon. I'm sure you've all seen that in the news, replacing the food pyramid that was in use for 19 years. This colorful icon contains portions of fruits, vegetables, grains, protein, and a little side dish of dairy. It can be viewed at www.choosemyplate.gov. It does look like a plate. It's divided into four quadrants. Um, They are surprisingly similarly sized. Vegetables, fruits, proteins, grains. Um, The veg are definitely a little bit larger than the other groups, but protein was really big. I was surprised. I thought we were supposed to eat less meat. Each component of the plate can be clicked on for a drop-down menu that explains portion size, healthy choices, nutritional information, etc. It offers significantly more information to consumers, but it is a little bit more complicated to use. We'll see if people actually look at it. This has been Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer.
1: Did you know we have a cocktail show? Check out a clip from the Speakeasy.
0: So it's kind of crazy over the last like I would say like 10 or so years. Irish whiskey's really made a huge comeback. I mean, it's always been big yeah. because of the fact that it's mostly uh, blended, right? And easier to drink and especially like Jameson obviously Bushmills are they've been doing really hardcore uh, marketing pushes for those two over the past decade. At and least and yeah yeah. And at 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 least, and, yeah. and there's no peat. Right, which I think makes it a little bit more um acceptable to sort of anybody between the ages of 16 and uh you know 25 who's learning to drink whiskey it's like yeah it's like whiskey i I don't want to offend any any Irishmen out there but uh it's almost like a a introductory like you said an introductory whiskey and it's uh almost a whiskey for people who don't normally drink whiskey yeah um and but not to say say that all james
1: if you like what you heard the speakeasy airs every wednesday at 3 p.m on the heritage radio network Make sure to subscribe to the podcast or check out the archives on our website.